You are listening to the In Perspective Weekly Podcast with Bob Branco and Peter Outchul. Hi, everyone, and welcome once again to In Perspective. I am Bob Branco, and this is episode 292, dated Friday, January the 13th, 2023. With me, as always, Peter Outchul, my friend and co-host. How are you today, Peter? Hey, Bob. Uh, this is uh, Columbia, Missouri, so we're having a weather identity crisis. You know, either it's winter or it's spring, and then it goes back to winter, and then it goes to spring, and then we get to winter, and then we get to spring, and maybe we'll get to spring, or maybe we'll skip to summer totally. So that's the weather here. Okay, well, you know what, you know what Samuel Clemens always said, Peter, who we know better as John uh, Mark Twain? He said, if you don't like New England weather, wait a minute. So that probably applies to Columbia, Missouri, too. I think it probably does. All right. say that down here in Texas, too. There you go. I want to thank those people who make it possible for In Perspective to be aired and to be made available. We start out with our producer, Raymond Gay. Thank you for what you do to make this a quality program. I also want to thank the media sources who air the show when they can. And I also want to thank Tom and Lynn from Rosie's Place Chatline, who posts our shows on Greeting Door number 15. And finally, allow me to thank Jacqueline Sylvia, my website designer from JS Web Solutions. She archives our shows on www.brancoevents.com. If you want to hear a show, past or present, just go there, click on In Perspective Podcasts, and pick the show of your choosing. I also Mel want to get Jackie. Oh, yes. Merci, Jackie. <laughs> I also want to give a shout out to one of our loyal listeners today, and that listener is Susan Jones from Indianapolis, Indiana. Thank you for listening to our show, Susan, and hope you continue to do that for a long, long time to come. A very important issue that affects a lot of us, especially in these current times with all of this new sophisticated and newfangled technology that we have is security breach or security issues, identity theft. They're all related in a way. And our guest, Peter Donahue, has had some experience with this. And I'm sure that a lot of other people share those same experiences with him, as we're going to find out as the show evolves. But first, before we continue, let me welcome Peter Donahue. He's been on the show before. Peter, thanks for coming today. You're welcome. So, so Peter, when you first told me about your experiences, you really seriously suggested that we bring it up here because you probably know that many people need to know about it. Absolutely, Bob. You know, let me say from the outside, you know, it, you know, the cyber world can be very cruel and there are many bad actors there. And we're not saying that there should never be any type of security. And there, there need to be lots of them. If anything, there need to be more of them. However, those, uh, they become a problem when they make it difficult for legitimate users of, you know, whatever internet resource you're going to use from getting at the data and the information that they need to access. And, um, this whole came, this whole thing came about as a result of some recent dealings that I had with Capital One. Uh, we we have several credit cards through them, and one of them was recently compromised, and uh, 
naturally, since there were there were some fraudulent charges that appeared, you know, we certainly wanted to get get that straightened out. Uh, but the the process by which Capital One uses, you know, can be quite daunting, and if you ask me, frustrating. Now they did lock the fraud, you know, the card right away, so no more fraudulent transactions could occur. That's all well and good, but getting uh, the card replaced, you know, has been a bit of a uh, has been a bit of an acrobat because of all the procedures that you have to go through to get it done. And uh, now. Under normal circumstances, uh, what, what what they do is naturally they want to verify you to make sure that you're who you say you are and that you are the uh, legitimate you know user of the account that you that they're being asked to service. No problem there. We certainly want that. And one of the ways that they do this is with uh, something that is, that is called one-time authentication code or OTC for short. I've heard of them. Yeah, that's where, and it, it's done commonly through one smartphone where you give the entity a uh, phone number and then uh, they send you, it's usually a six digit code that you have to enter into a form on a, you know, to a web form or, 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 or something like that. And that's basically to verify your identity, who you are. But what happens if when the, uh, the, uh, Entity in this case, Capital One tries to send you that, that code and they can't, uh, ping your mobile number to do it. And, uh, this, and, and this, this happened to me. Now, um, the only, the only, I, I, I said, look, I told them, I said, look, can't you uh, send this via email? They said, oh, that's not one of our options. Our other option is, uh, to have, um, have you sent us a copy of your, uh, your your ID card or driver's license, both front and back, and and that that's good. And I did that, but the process. But then that means you have to wait ten days for them to verify everything. Whereas if they could have sent me that same OTC code via an email message, you know, I, I would have captured it, entered it in their form, and boom, it would be it would be done. And we we probably, we would probably have a, a new uh, you know a, a new physical card by now. Uh, now, fortunately, they did they did give me a virtual card, and um, you know we sent them the ID and all the information for the new physical card. But then somebody said, "Well, you know, the image on your ID was was uh, a little blurry." But then how wh- wh- how come they were able to? Um, you know, issue me the uh, virtual card. You know, something isn't right here, and I still haven't been able to get out get out any answers. And this is what kind of spawned this whole uh, show today: is that how many other stories are there like this, where people, you know, uh, have have um, you know are, have have legitimate access rights to uh, you know one's products or services, and then something goes awry, and they needed verify security checks in the process is so involved, you know, that it just becomes frustrating. It makes you wonder, you know, these guys are overdoing it. This isn't security. This is security overkill. This is one of the reasons, Peter, why I don't like doing business online. I don't want my information in the cloud. That's the short version of my comments. I just feel very uncomfortable about that. So, Peter D., this is Peter A., uh, Peter Altrell. 
And uh, clearly, what you went through is really irritating and annoying. Uh, and uh, but, but I just want to make sure that everybody understands that I know, Peter, you, you've already said this, that if you are if your identity is is stolen, it's a major hassle. It's not just not just a major hassle for the person with their identity being stolen, which, of course, is a major hassle. But it's also a major hassle for all those uh, credit card companies and phone companies and utilities and whoever else who has to deal with this as well. So it is it is perfectly natural to, for them to do stuff to make sure that this doesn't happen. I think we all agree on that. Yes. The question the question sort of becomes, where where is the line between, you know, reasonableness and uh Craziness, and I don't know where that line is precisely, but I, I have to tell you, I'm surprised at Capital One because I, uh, I have had a couple of not similar circumstances, but circumstances where they've sent that six-digit code and um, had a problem with the phone once, and they sent it by email. So I'm, I am kind of surprised that Capital One doesn't have that as an option. It seems to me a, a reasonable. That's what I was told. Yeah, uh, I would it have been the worker. Uh, Peter, uh, Peter D, couldn't it have been the worker, him or herself, that probably figured that wasn't the way to do it? Maybe another worker would have done it. Yeah, that, that's that's quite possible. And I I did request to speak to a supervisor. You know, all they do is just you know, we went back to their uh, you know to the, their pre written uh, script that they use for their customers. You know, and just said, well, well, just go ahead and send us the ID. You know, and and we'll take care of this for you. You know, I would appreciate if they had put me through to a supervisor. Who could have corrected this person and said, "Okay, you." Can't. But it, I will bet you, Peter D, that that is their policy. I don't, I, you know, I don't think, I don't think if, if it's, uh, I don't think the frontline people are deliberately trying to be hostile. It's either a matter of, of poor training or that is their policy, and I guess it's the latter. Uh, you know, they they are people are trying to be really careful. Organizations that you know because. They can lose tons and tons of money. It's not just the, oh, the cardholder, and you know, and, and you know, and it's a real problem for them. I don't. Again, your your situation is really strikes me as ridiculous. I'm not here to argue with your experience. Yeah, I'm just sort of surprised because, as I said, I I know of organizations that I've had similar problems that they have sent the thing by email. You give us, I have to, and they send you the six. You give them the six digit code. They say thank you very much, sir. Everything is fine. You know, so I, this strikes me as a just an inept, uh, inept uh, handling of Capital One. At least I now know not to get a Capital One credit card. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, well, well, we, we we're always getting uh, we're always getting emails about the Apple card. In fact, we were at the Apple store a couple week a uh, couple weeks ago, and we, we we did ask about it. So we may go ahead and get it and have it as a secondary card. So that way, you know, if, if there's any more problems with our primary card, we had two cards. We had their quick. We have their Quicksilver card, and I think the protections on that are better, so we're better protected against fraud on that one. But this was uh, what this, this particular card was uh, what they call what they what what it, it, it's a secured Mastercard is what it was. You know, it's one that they give for new, uh, you know, for first time uh, credit card holders, and uh, it's got a really low limit. You know, but um, we've since moved in, and recently. In fact, Capital uh, One, at this, just this past week, as if they were trying to make things right by us, gave us a major boost on, on our credit card and on the Quicksilver card without our even asking them. So that's nice of them, but you know, it's just, it's the, uh, and, and I, and I, and I did get access to those funds that were on that other card that was, you know, that was, uh, compromised because I got the virtual card and that's, 
that's used primarily for um, online transactions, uh, kind of similar to what the Apple Card is. And, you know, they, they encourage you to use that um, for, you know, for virtual transactions or through a service like Apple Pay, for example. Um, and 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 that and you know that brings up other issues, you know, with regard with regards to security and security overkill. But I don't want to get ahead of everybody here. But um, you know, there there is a there is some other concerns that we've run into that have just been really really frustrating for us. Tell us about them. Okay, well, um, one of the pro- one of the problems that that we've had, and uh, we're going to get into a little bit of science fiction here in a bit. But, um, but one of the problems that we have is the people who, who've created touch screens, they're great. Many people have mastered the use of them, but there are those who have conditions like diabetic neuropathy and, uh, you know, uh, uh, and, and who are just cannot grasp how to use, grasp how to use a touch screen. So, you know, when a lot of these, uh, companies eliminated push buttons from, uh, you know, from their devices, like, Smartphones, for example, you know, it, it has caused some problems for, um, you know, for, for some users and my wife is one of them. And this has caused an issue where we've had trouble constantly being logged out of our Apple account. And, um, you know, it just seemed like every few weeks we've had to log it back in and on our other devices, like our Apple TV and, uh, you know, on, on the uh, desk, Apple apps on our desktop, that's no problem with a keyboard, you know, with a key, keyboard or a uh, remote. But it's been a bear with the, with the, uh, you know, with our smartphones. And, um, and, and, uh, you know, some people just cannot use those on screen, uh, you know, uh, on screen keypads or don't want to have to be bur- bur- burdened. With having to carry around any more devices that they need to, i.e., a smartphone and an external keyboard, yeah. you know, you know, so they can enter secure, secure text. Your text into secure fields, and uh, and uh, you know, uh, we can get the email addresses in by dictating them in with uh, Siri, but it won't let us enter the uh, the password text. And if we could do that, you do entry via voice, you know, enter your password or uh, your magic word, you know, via via voice, that would solve the problem. And uh, and uh, if anybody ever saw the saw the movie Jurassic Park, um, this is straight out of the mind of Michael Crichton. Uh, there's a scene where uh, Dennis Nedry, who's the uh, you know, he's the um, he was their head IT engineer for the park, you know, and he, he was also being paid by another genetic engineering company to steal some dinosaur embryos. And he obviously for their, their system, he had devised a way for uh, all the park employees to simply you know, gain access by entering what he called a magic word or a password. And they could just dictate it in. Obviously he uh, deleted them all so he could do his dirty work. But that tells me, you know, that if, um, if, if a system could be developed to where somebody could, you know, you with their finger or by, you know, entering or, or by speaking a word that they themselves, you know, create or their magic word or whatever you want to call it, 
you know, that would activate a secure text entry mode on these devices. And you could go ahead and enter your password and log, you know, and log back into your account or enter whatever other business, you know, text needs to go into those fields. And, and if you ever used, you've got a PDA like Siri or Alexa, you have to train it to recognize your voice. So I think if, if a system like that could, could actually, you know, come, come from the realm of science fiction to science fact, as long as it's, uh, used for good intentions, it would solve a lot of not just, uh, security frustrations, but some accessibility issues for, you know, people with certain types of conditions and disabilities as well. Yeah, I think this is, uh, this is Peter Ray. This is, this, this is really the, the crux of the issue. We're dealing with the matter of, of, of disability awareness and, and, and quality customer service. So just to give an, another security example, yesterday I want to call, I wanted to pay my uh, credit card bill over the phone. And so I called and they asked for your, and they asked for your social security number, which you can give verbally. And then they ask for your, for your, uh, secret word as, as, as Peter D was talking about. Yeah. And, uh, but, but, but you can't, you can't say it. You have to in, input it and they don't give you enough time on your phone to input it. You know, you have to input four letters and they give you like five seconds to do it. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and so, 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 yeah. So, you know, uh, I, you know, I, I said representative and it went to the representative and I got the problem solved, but I said to the representative, I wasted your time and I wasted my time because you guys just don't give people enough time to input that four digit code on your phone. You know, I said, I, I'm sorry to do this. She was very nice. And, you know, it wasn't a problem, but what a waste of energy. You know, what a waste of That's everybody's right. effort. And all they need to do is, um, is, uh, make it more likely that people will use the automated system is to, ex- is to lengthen the time they, they give you to input the, input the code. Exactly. Just like with Zoom. Just like with Zoom. We don't have enough time if you're using Zoom by phone to enter the phone number, the participation ID, the passcodes. They don't give you much time. If you do it slowly, they bump you off. You've got to start over again. And, so it's and, in a lot of things. It's in a lot of things. And, and, but again, the, the, people are sort of assuming that mo- many or more of us and more and more of us are, are using our the speedsters. online. Uh, our, our, well, but we're, we're using computers. We're using our phones to do this stuff. And some of us either aren't sufficiently trained or their website is sufficiently inaccessible to do that. And, uh, this is just a, and this gets particularly difficult when you deal with, uh, um, Security theft stuff because they want to be super careful that we, we what that that you are who you say you are, right. and I, I I get the problem. I just wish that there was a, a better way of uh, more cooperation between uh, the folks who need you know who really have j- legitimate concerns and the disability community to to work this stuff out because it's, right. it's it's very frustrating for for those of us and I'm sure all of us have experienced things like this and all of us you know the example that I give a security card. That's a security issue. They, they don't, I don't know why they don't want you to, to, I don't know why your voice is less valuable than inputting four letters on your, on, uh, you know, uh, on, on, on your phone. I don't know. Maybe because it's, out. maybe because it's heard. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe could be, but I, to me, it makes no sense. It, it just, it's totally, it, it just seems completely unnecessary. Yeah, uh, well, but, but, but the, but the other way this can get rectified is if, if, if folks from the disability community or somebody Sits down with the folks who make this policy. Say, okay, here are the problems we're having with this. We don't want to. We don't. We 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 understand you have a problem. We have a problem. How can we work this out? You know, exactly. um, and you know, or you know, if worst case scenario, you sue them. But uh, you know, suing has its own set of problems. Uh, anyway, uh, you know, it, and it's a balancing act. 
you know, how do you, uh, you know, Peter, your experience, uh, my guess is not that unusual just to share an experience that I had. We had our bank account, uh, uh, raided and all money taken out of our account. The bank called us and said, did you do this? And we said, no. And then we had to go in in person and we spent like two hours at the bank, you know, doing all kinds of stuff. We had to create new accounts. We had to do this. We had to do that. We had to do the whole thing. But, it, but, it, you know, I, you wonder why it took two hours for them to do all the stuff that they did. You know, could this have been done in half an hour? Could this have been done in 45 minutes? You know, it just, it, it was, it was nuts from my perspective. I understand they, you know, they don't want money stolen from people's accounts. It looks bad on them and it, you know, pissed, you know, customers get angry, but two hours on a Saturday morning. Uh, it just, it, it, it just seemed a bit much to me. And it can also be costly too. Yeah. Um, going back to what we had, you know, what, what the situation with the uh, smartphone login and, and we are in touch with Apple to, uh, you know, get, get that resolved as to, uh, why we're having, we're, we're, co- we're constantly being logged out of our Apple account. So that's, that's a, that's in the progress. But one of these side effects is that, is that now, my wife uses a walker and um, we use a, a caregiving service, uh, visiting angels. And this is not a, you know, anything bad on visiting angels. It's just, you know, it's, it's just these cotton picking security issues that we're having with, uh, you know, with, with Apple and uh, our smartphones. But anyway, um, whatever this has happened, because, you know, uh, we've not been able to master on screen keyboards, um, both of us have had to uh, go to T-Mobile or get help from somebody to log to log back in. When having when uh, being able to tell, in this case Siri, you know, to activate security text mode, and uh, you could you know, and then she asked you, uh, you know, for your 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 secret word or your magic word, and uh, obviously to invoke you know, to be able to use it, you have had to you would have had to pre-trained it so it recognizes only your voice and nobody else's, just like what happens with Alexa when you first get it. Um, and then you know, once once it's got all that information, um, it um, you know, it, it, and you tell it you want to activate secure secure text mode, secure text entry mode, um, it will verify the voice that it heard with the print it has on file to make sure that they're the same. You know, and machine language makes that an AI make would make something like that possible nowadays. Um, you know, and it, it that's the way it authenticates it. Yeah, it's the real Pete Donahue. And go ahead and enter your you know, enter your, the, the password. And then you know, we just we could just speak the password in, hit hit uh, enter, and uh, you know, and, and we're back in business. The problem, the problem, Peter, as I understand it, and as uh, I use Alexa all the time myself. But Alexa will, will respond. My Alexa will respond to other voices. You know, it, it will respond to you know. So if my friend says, "A lady, do this," yeah, it, it, it is likely to do it. It might not do it with as with as much whatever. Yeah, mine does. It, 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 I have people over the house. They talk to where she answers yeah. them too. So, so <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't think the, I don't think the uh, technology is in place for the for Alexa to be that voice discerning. You know what I'm saying? It yeah. just isn't. It isn't there yet. And, and, the, and, and, and the question, the question is, do we want it to be that way? Supposing it's really, really good. And supposing you're, you're, you have laryngitis and you're not speaking clearly. And Alexa says, that's not you. I'm not going to, I'm not going to honor what you're saying. You know, this, it's, it's hard. This stuff is hard to do. 
Yeah. And I don't, I don't know what the answer is, but there you know, is a I, possibility you could show it, you could show it your finger. Now on the right. app, Apple, you could set up a fingerprint ID, a friend of fingerprint ID. Somebody else can get, get access to your phone. Now, but you know, there are those people who would like to be able to only, you know, uh, lock down a particular app or particular, uh, you know, particular service without having to, uh, have to go through that whole procedure just to gain access to the entire phone. Now, if, um, something like that, like you say, you know, what, uh, you describe, you know, says, I, you know, and, you know, it happens, you know, Siri could always come back and say, I didn't quite get that. Please, you know, please verify you are, you know, please verify your fingerprint or whatever. So that way it would, that's a double check. So it knows that it is truly you. Yeah. yeah. So so there'd be a backup mechanism. Um, and, um, you know, so, you know, and then, and then once it's, it's got, it's taken your fingerprint that you, which you stored in order to be able to use, use secure text entry mode. Um, then, um, you know, then, then it has another way to double check. So that way, if, if, if it does, you know, if let's say you did have laryngitis and, you know, Siri didn't, couldn't, didn't quite understand you, she could ask, she asked for you, she could ask to see your fingerprint. I did, the bottom line about all this is the technology is not, is not ready for that yet, right? It, it might yeah. be ready for another two years. It's not ready for it yet. Uh, right. uh you know, I, I do know that, uh, that's, uh, you can, you can ask your iPhone, uh, as a security to, uh, to get a, I think it's a face print. And so you sort of wave the phone in your face in your ID, face ID. Uh, and that they're comf- they're confident enough with that now. So you can do that. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't quite have the nerve to try that yet. Um, but, uh, you know, it is, it is supposed to work. Um, but they're not, they're not ready to do that with the voice. So the question we, we go back to the, uh, to, to, to the original issue. Yeah, that face you ID would, would also work. You know, but if, if you could just apply it only to a specific service or area and not have to, uh, you have, have to, you have to do a face ID, you know, just to get access to your entire phone, then, uh, we'd, we'd be a lot better with that. Yeah, well, that's true. But, but again, you know, the technology is not, you know, we were talking about the way things should be. We're not there yet. And yeah. so the question we have to go back to, and I don't know the answer, and maybe folks on the call can have, will help, help us out with this is, we have a problem. We have a real security theft issue. It's a legitimate yes, issue. Uh, you know, um, uh, and you know, when we are, when we hit that, we who have been theft or whose identity has been stolen are freaked out anyway, right? We, we don't yeah. like this. So then on top of that, we have to deal with these who sound like cold, calculating, callous customer service people who don't seem to really empathize with us. And then they're asking us yeah. to do all this weird stuff that we don't we don't know quite know how to do, yeah. and it just it just exacerbates the the uh, the conflict. Uh, and and um, uh, you know uh, and 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 I, and I having done customer service work for many years in my old life, it's hard for the customer service rep also because yeah. you know they have a certain script as as you said, Peter D. Uh, and um, we come in and say, well, that script doesn't really work for us. We're totally blind. We're elderly. We have disability yeah. of some kind. And they're not trained to do this. They don't, yeah. they don't, they, they can't, they can't work, they can't work beyond the script. They're often said, don't go beyond the script without help. Well, fine. But then if you're going to get support, you have to wait 10 minutes to get the support. That doesn't work either. So, you know, it, yeah, it, the right. system, 
the, the system really is uh, it's not equipped to handle folks who can't do the normal thing, whatever the normal thing is. I'll say this sarcastic. I'll say this sarcastically. It sounds to me like hackers have an easier job doing what they want to do than we do. Sometimes <laughs> I think that I think that's sometimes true. Um, uh, I mean, just to give you an example, just this morning, uh, I work for the University of Missouri, and uh, they have all this complicated uh, security stuff, as, as they should. But for some reason, they were doing an upgrade for the security and one of the things that happened as a result is all of our icons were removed from our desktop. <laughs> so we, we can't access any of our uh, Microsoft programs. We can't access Word or Outlook or Excel or any of those programs that we use for our, our daily stuff at work. And so we get this email saying, we're so sorry. Uh, this happened. We're trying to fix it. You might get your email. You might get your stuff by the end of the day. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. But what are you going to do for the, you know, for the time that, you know, that you don't have access to your stuff? You know, uh, uh, you know, and and this is oh. this is all this is all security stuff. This is all. Oh, I remember one time I went to a bank and I was there in person doing ordinary banking business like everybody else does. All of a sudden, I'm hearing the teller shout out to the world, "Our computers are down. Everybody has to wait. Why do we have to wait? Because your computer is down. <laughs> well, we we have a busy day. We have to do other things. We have responsibilities. We can't stay at the bank all day. That's all like. And look what's ha- what's happened. Even the even happened with the government. Look what happened with, to with the, the flights NBA on Monday. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's an old computer system that needs to be upgraded, but that's another subject. Yeah, really. Now, why? Did, you know, where are some of these people? You know. Well, uh, yeah, I don't know what to say. You know, and that that's a whole other issue. And I'm, I'm like, I I wouldn't be shocked if you learn down the road that part of the issue, in addition to being what do they call it? Uh, Old software, there's a term for it, uh, which will come back to me eventually. Legacy. Old software, legacy software. Thank you, Peter. Uh, legacy software. Um, you know, that we, we might find that part of the issue was a, was a security issue. We, we need to be sure that the software that you're putting in is not being used for the wrong purpose or something. I wouldn't shock me if that's what we find out yeah. once from down, down the road. Um, yeah. you know, the security thing is a big deal and it's, it's important. I just wish we could find a way to find a balance between, you know, the legitimate needs of all of us who don't want our stuff stolen and right. those of us who need, you know, special accommodations to get stuff done. Yeah. Or, or just to, or just to have a more streamlined, you know, process. So when something does go wrong, you know, you don't have to jump a million fences to get, to get it resolved. Yeah. You know, no, and, it, and, it, uh, yeah. You know, and, and uh, my wife has had to deal with something, with something similar with the, uh, with our, 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 uh, Mass Transit Service here in San Antonio, the Via Metropolitan Transit Authority, um, they operate what is called Via Trans, and that's similar to uh, well, what would be the ride up in the Boston area. And I don't know what it is where you live in St. Louis, Peter, um, but um, but uh, like the MBTA's Charlie card, uh, Via has what's called the Go Card, and uh, it's basically a credit card that uses when there's system to pay for bus rides and, uh, you know, uh, via transfers, you know, that's, that's our paratransit service. And, um, and, uh, she recently got a new go card. And now, uh, if, if a bank, whenever you get a new bank credit card, uh, you know, that, and, and you receive the physical card, you get a, uh, you, you know, you, you get it. There's a number that you have to call to activate, you know, to uh, enter the new card number to, to uh, basically to activate the card. Well, you know, the, these, uh, 
people, uh, you know, with, who with, with the paratransit, with the transit service should have a similar procedure. So when a pay, first of all, since they know that, you know, that, you know, that, 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 that they knew that my wife is blind, she should have been able to receive the 800, you know, the 800 number to call along with the serial number for her new go card. And then she could have just called that number, you know, and, and called the, you know, the activation number, enter the car, you know, enter the card number. And, and, and uh, she would have, you know, and, and then the go card would have been activated. No, she, we had to pay extra for a caregiver to take her downtown to their main office so that they could ver- investigate it. And, um, and, and, uh, you know, it, you know, and get the problem solved. And, 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 and I, and I was telling people, like, we're just getting so frustrated with the likes of Apple and Via that we would like to, to, uh, yeah, and, I, and I don't like calling them out either that uh, we would like to be able to take some of our caregiver bill and hang it around Tim Cook and, uh, the president of Via, Via's next and say, Hey, give us some payment toward this because you, because of your procedures and stuff. We're having to to endure this this unnecessary expense. The sad thing is, in the case of Apple, uh, they have a very good disability customer service line who I've used several times, and they've been very very yeah. helpful. Um, but sometimes they they only can do so much, you know. Um, yeah. uh, so I, I don't want to you know get into a whole thing about them, but but they you know they really I think really do try to to yeah. straighten things out like this. Uh, as compared to say Amazon, who are useless. Um, Plus, Apple sets the example because their products are universal. They have uh, voice in them, built in. Guys, I don't want to. I don't want to get us too far afield, but there is a. But uh, the thing that has really got me and some other people kind of frustrated with 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 all of these guys, Apple, Apple, Amazon, and Google, is whenever they come out with new announcements about new capabilities of. Uh, their P, you know, of their PDAs, you know, uh, Alexa, Siri, and Google Assistant. And, uh, I will add Microsoft Narrator, you know, into the mix as well, is that they tell us about all these new bells and whistles that will, that will benefit people with disabilities. Yet there are basic functions that, um, should have been in there when these things first came on the market. Like, for example, the ability to be able to control um, you know, at your installed screen reader's speech or uh, rate, you know, in the case of, you know, uh, going back to Apple, um, my wife has had trouble with her, uh, her voiceover speech getting sped up. How much simpler it would be if she could just, you know, tell Siri, you know, you know, you know call Siri and then say, tell, you know, you know uh, slow down voiceover speech or speed up voiceover speech. And, uh, these are you know, functions that should have been in there in the, in the from the get go, and um and, and and that and that would go. Or another example is uh, on Amazon, for example. You know, we, you know, uh, it would be nice if we just tell Alexa activate audio description. You know, or 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 or, or, or close captioning, or turn hands free mode on or off. We should be able to do that via voice. And not have to go into settings or uh, as has happened, take the iPhone down to T-Mobile or Best Buy and have them do it for us and run up the caregiver bill. These are yeah. features that should have been in there in the beginning. 
And I think it is time that the uh, disability community doubled down and let you know, let these people know that they need to add, add this, these capabilities to their PDAs. Well, let me ask you a question, Peter. You're familiar with the NFB. Are they involved in this? Uh, we're talking, they're talking about it. And I, and, and I intend to, uh, introduce a resolution to that effect at this year's national convention. We would certainly like people to support it. This is something that is long, long overdue and should have been, you know, and it's time that it happened. And, uh, I know if I'm talking to Apple's, Apple or Amazon or any of their people, I will, I will demand that they do it. And I would encourage others in the listening audience to contact these people and contact, you know, uh, officials of whatever organization, be it NFB, ACB or, uh, whatever dis- disability organization you belong, you, you belong to and, and tell them that, that you want to see more, uh, disability related functions added to your PDA, you know, and I already named a few earlier, you know, be able to control speech parameters or to activate or deactivate, you know, things like audio description or uh, uh, hands-free mode, uh, closed captioning, you know, any of those types of services that are, that are directly related to uh, being, you know, to uh, disabled users. Okay, so you're listening to In Perspective. I'm, I'm Bob Branco. My co-host is Peter Alchil. Peter Donahue is our guest today. He's talking about complications that arise when you try to handle some security breaches or security issues, the way the technology is set up and the way the policies of some of these companies are. It's rather difficult for us to be able to secure ourselves nowadays. And I would like now to welcome our participants to come in and ask Peter questions. Ray, do you see any hands raised yet? Yes, absolutely. So first and foremost, Deanna, you're up next. Deanna, welcome to the show. (laughs) Hi, Peter. Hey, Hey, Deanna. Um, Well, I was going to say some nice things about Apple. I have a titanium Apple card, a physical card. It's perfectly smooth, and it's made out of metal, and... I have no clue where it is. <laughs> it's not in my credit card case. So, and I haven't used it. I have actually never used it because um when I got it, the main thing I do with it is to have monthly charges like my iCloud storage or Apple Music, you know, charged to it. And then I link a regular credit card to it. And that, it, that draw, um, my debit card. And so it goes directly, you know, through the system and gets taken out of my bank. But since I can't find the physical card and I have people coming in and out of my house, people that help me with cleaning and various things, I decided I needed to talk to them. So I called them their customer support, not their, not their accessibility support, but their customer support. And they said, this is my issue. I have no clue. It's probably somewhere in a pocket of something or in a different purse or someplace in the house. It just didn't get back into my case for some reason that I carry my credit cards in. 
so what do I do? She said, well, first of all, let me check and see what has been charged over the last two months. So she did that, and we went over it, and it was all my legitimate um, direct charges. I said, okay, so nobody has it yet, and it's been gone for about 10 days. Um, so um, if I lock it, is that going to be a problem for paying these virtual bills? And she said, no, it just locks the physical credit card. The virtual card still exists. And even if they have it, they can't see any numbers on your Apple card because there aren't any numbers printed on it. It's all done through the microchip. So they can't use it online and they can't use it physically if you lock it because the chip won't work until you tell me to unlock it. So that's what we decided to do because she said, or we could start the process of sending you a new card and changing your account. It's a lot of work. Yeah. And she says, you know, it can be done. Just let me know what you want to do. So I decided to go with the option of just locking my physical card and I'll call her back when I find the damn thing. (laughs) But, um, you know, Capital One did that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Better approach. Yeah, so that, you know, that saves that issue. But I did pay for gas one day using one of my credit cards at a local gas station. And it charged up more than it should have there. And so I said, this is what, you know, the receipt says for the gas. And... Um, what you're charging me is double. And they said, well, the person that entered the card in didn't get the right pin in, so they put a, a block on it, which was to ring up the big charge to get your attention. I'm going, that doesn't make any sense at all, because my daughter didn't put a pin in. She just swiped the card. So apparently that particular gas station somehow got hacked and somebody was doing something because other people were having the same problem. Sounds like you were that. a victim of a skimmer. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, you know, the, the bank took the charges off my account and, um, we went from there, but it, yeah, it was something going on at that particular gas station. Um, so, you know, there are times when you just have to work your way through the system. And if you're patient, it does get solved. But I don't think for me, I've never been able to use my fingerprints. I've been a Braille reader all my life and I simply don't have fingerprints that, that will register, not even with an ink block print. So my iPhone, I could never lock with my fingerprints. I always have to type in my passcode. <laughs> so, so um, Deanna, I, want, I, I wanted to sort of comment on your stories that you shared mm-hmm. from, a, from a sort of customer service angle. So mm-hmm. the first story that you shared with Apple, that was sort of, to me, sort of stellar customer service. I mean, they listened yeah, to you. it was. They listened. They, they were respectful. They, they gave you the options. You chose the option that worked best for you. And that was, that was great. The other example you give, strikes me is just inept you know uh, you know the the get you know the bank you know they're first yeah. they try to blame they try to blame you the customer 
Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, first of all, is that smart customer service to blame the customer? Right. <laughs> I mean, seriously, is that smart customer service? Even if it's legitimately the customer's fault, which in this case clearly was not, you know, it's, it's just stupid psychology to do that. Um, and then it's doubly stupid when, you know, you could say, wait, wait this is ridiculous. We didn't, we didn't enter a pin. You know, I mean, it's mm-hmm. just, it's, it's just, it's just poor. It's just poor psychology. It's poor customer service. And, you know, what we've been talking about, I think, uh, you know, it can be sort of reframed as customer service, lousy mm-hmm. customer service or good customer well, service. Well, I've also found another trick that I needed to do because we were traveling with our two daughters from Oregon to Mich- uh, to Colorado. So we had three vehicles. Um, they were going back to college. So we were... um driving in in the three vehicles and um so I used my credit card for all three vehicles and my bank put a stop on it um and shut my account down so the next time when I when we needed to check in overnight in a hotel um my credit card didn't work well fortunately I had an alternative card that did work and I called my bank and they, they said, well, it's an automatic policy because it looked like a scam. Somebody had your card was filling up three vehicles. And I said, and it wasn't in state. And I'm going, yep, because we were driving cross country with three vehicles, taking our kids to college. Um, and, you know, so I asked my bank, what should I have done? And she said, well, you could have alerted us that you were traveling. And then we would not have been suspicious of, you know, that. And I, I'm going, you say that, but how would you, you know, how do you, and is that a process that you enter into my account? And they said, yes, it was. So that's something to know that if you're going to be using a credit card, say, to pay for multiple rooms while traveling or filling up more than one gas tank on that same card, um, then you probably need to alert your, your credit card company that you're going to be traveling. And, and you could be, and then here. they won't lock your card down. Okay. And, and, and that strikes me as really good advice, Deanna. But I, I, I have to wonder, can't the bank put in a phone call to you in that circumstance and say, Hey, uh, this is what our, this is what your card is doing these days. Is this what you want? Before they freight to shut down their car and not alert the customer. I mean, it, it isn't, I mean, seriously, isn't that something the bank should be doing is calling their customer and saying, they Hey, don't employ enough people to do person. I, 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 I everything that is, everything is done automated. So it's set up into their computer that way. Where have is, we heard that the before? Deal. And if they do connect you to a person, it's probably somebody in another country who you can't understand. Of course. Well, that's, that's also true. But, but yeah, getting back to your automated system, can't Mm -hmm. the automated system then, uh, and I know some people don't have iPhones, Bob, I get it. But for Mm -hmm. those who do have iPhones, can't they send you a text saying? Um, my Apple card does. Every time I use it, every time it, it, uh, takes one of the charges for these, um, monthly charges that I have um, going to my Apple card, they send me an email mm-hmm. to say okay. that this is, and then of course they'll alert you when 
the um, the month is closed, and right. if you want to pay your bill or look at your charges, you can go, you know, go through your phone and go do those things. So in that regard, I think um, the banks that my Apple Card is issued by is, is um, Goldman Sachs. Uh, yeah, Goldman Sachs, and they seem to be on top of it, and they've even come to the ACB convention to talk to people about their services and stuff, and I think that's why I ordered one, because I wanted it as a, as a backup to the um, MasterCard that I normally use, um, because I figure, as a woman, I need more than one credit card in my own name. Anything happens to my husband, I don't want to be stuck because I have no access to his credit. Right. Peter Donahue, you had a question for Deanna earlier. Go ahead. Well, 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 actually, I'm just going to make a couple comments. Uh, first of all, what you're saying about the Apple card, um, I think we're going to be applying for one very, very shortly here. Um, and, um, in all fairness to Capital One, they do have an automated service called Eno. And what that does is it basically it monitors all your your transactions, and if it detects something out of the ordinary, you'll either receive a text message on your smartphone or the um, or the Capital One app, which we do not have our on our on our phones. You know, prefer because we don't really want anybody getting 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 their hands on any more of our you know on on our accounts or. Um, You'll get an email and, and, and we've had, we have had the same thing happen where we've uh, made multiple transactions for the same amount of money. And Eno has contacted and said, basically, you know, says, says, you know, you know, this amount appears more than once. And they were, these transactions were made on a particular day. Are these, you know, did you make these? And you just have to, uh, tell it yes or no. And if you say yes, you know, then uh, you're 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 good to go. We have about six minutes to go, so I want to find out from Ray if there are any more people waiting to talk. Uh, yes. Um, Thank you, Deanna. Thank you, Deanna. Yeah. Chris, you're up next. Chris. Chris? Hello, Chris. I don't. I don't hear a Chris. I don't hear a Chris. Why don't we get back to her, Ray? Okay. Uh. Uh. I just. There you are. There you are. Oh, how did? Well, that acted like it closed the microphone button and turned it off. Okay. Whatever. Hey, hey, Chris. Anyway. All right. Thank you. Um. I'm fine. Um. I'm thinking about the Touch ID as uh having more uses than just pressing your fingerprint if you had to do um if you had to enter a pass or a magic word or secret word you it wouldn't be a word i would think it would be a double tap on either a a key a designated key or if you have a home button just lightly double tap the uh, touch ID and it, and it would be able to automatically enter whatever that magic word is. Why aren't they doing, why aren't they using more with those kinds of, of um, 
workarounds, I guess you'd call them. Um, why actually the home button should never have gone away. <laughs> but yeah, long presses, which of course are taken by Siri, but still uh, the, the example, long presses, double taps, swipes, swipes. Yes. But especially the, 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 um, the kinds of things that are not used most of the time. They're longer presses or they're whatever they are. Um, it won't cause command conflicts. You get it. You gotta, you gotta be able to know, uh, you know, cause in, on the iPhone, a double tap is usually, you know, how you either, yeah, yeah, it's usually how you enter text into a field. So you don't want to. Okay. Okay. My, 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 my knowledge of the iPhone must be a little more limited than I thought. (laughs) But, 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 but Chris, your point is still valid. Yeah. They're, they're they're really, you know, this is another example, it seems to me, of, of organizations trying to meet the needs of, of those of us who don't do things the normal way, whatever that is, you know, um, yeah, that, that's why organizations uh, like ACB and NFB exist to have those kinds of conversations. And hopefully we say we have those conversations that we're taking a little more seriously than we seem to be taking, seem to be taking now. Um, because this stuff should be doable. There's no reason why this stuff can't be doable. Right. You know, I, yeah, I, I, exactly. I, I realize that technology is, you know, it, you know, sometimes technology isn't ready to do what we want it to do. I, I get that, but it can't be that far behind. It just can't be. Yeah. You know, yeah. No, yeah, they yeah, can't yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All um, right. So your point is exactly well taken, Chris. Thank you very, um, very much. much, Chris. Thanks mm-hmm. for your input. Uh, Ray, we have about three minutes. So oh, if we have time for one more, we'll take it. There's not anybody else, but okay. Um, I did want to suggest or maybe make a, uh, comment if it's, if I might. Yeah, go ahead. Just, um, yep. in terms of Apple devices, there's, um, I, I don't know how involved the state agencies are or when people get their devices, but I mean, there's so many different accessibility options on there. I don't even think most people know a lot of what's out there for options, um, like voice control and stuff. Uh, so I, I don't know if maybe there could be more training. I think training. Maybe that's the thing could be useful too is one of my suggestions. It's certainly a component because, uh, at least four or five years ago, when I was trying to get real my case with Missouri Council of the Blind, uh, I needed, I, 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 I wanted some training on the iPhone. They said, we don't provide iPhone training. I mean, this, this is, this is, this is the way things were five years ago in Missouri. I don't know how things are now, but I was sort of appalled. You know, uh, you know, the iPhone is a, is a big deal for many people and they don't provide training for an iPhone. You know, there's something really screwy about that. Uh, I will, I'll say. Uh, I will. I won't say any further. Going. Well, this goes back to the consumer groups, Peter. Both Peters. You have the National Federation of the Blind and the American Council of the Blind. How much of this are they working on? Well, this is a conversation, Peter. You and I could have off offline. I'm sure if we wanted to. Um, yeah, I think that they, kind they, of takes us. Yeah, exactly. It takes Sorry. us off off. Yeah, you're right, Ray. It takes us in a different in a different conversation. If, 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 you, if you could, Bob, if you could uh, send his contact info, I'd be. We'll to continue the conversation. All right, I will. If that's anyway, okay with all right. Um, Peter. Yeah, Beth, yeah. really quick, Beth. Oh, oh Beth, Beth, we have a, we have about a minute, Beth. Up, so you have a little bit of time. I was just going to say uh, they don't do iPhone training here in New Mexico either, and uh, 
I think that would be a valid point to have a conversation, well, not offline, but I, with both consumer groups and, and people uh, voicing their opinions about this, because especially for seniors over 55, they will not, uh, well, Freehab is not interested in training you for any iPhone classes or anything like that. What if that's money related? Oh, I'm sure it is, but that, there's no excuse for it as far as I'm concerned. It's ridiculous. I have Let's a quickie before we shut it down, Bob. Yeah, Peter. Um, uh, San Antonio is home to a, uh, a, a really, what I think is eventually gonna, is becoming a really phenomenal, uh, organization of the, uh, or, or, a, or series of, um, series of, uh, parks and service ventures for people with disabilities. Um, it's called Morgan's Wonderland and it was, uh, it, 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 it's run by the Hartman Foundation. And, uh, one of the, one of the things that they are in the process of opening up is what they call, uh, their multi-assistance center for, uh, people with special, uh, you know, for, for people with, people with special needs. And, uh, they're going to be having an open house on the 31st of this month. And I don't know if, um, any of the organizations of the blind have, have reached out to, uh, Morgan's Wonderland or anybody like that to uh to see how you know we could part we could partner with I I, I, I think we're running out of time. We're we're running over we're running over time. Peter, Sorry, send me Peter. the information. I'll share it with my networks, okay? I think we might have a future in perspective program. Exactly. Here. Anyway, thank you very much, Peter Donahue, for being our guest and you've applied you've applied us with a lot of great information. I mean, great in that we should know it. It's not great at all what happened to you, obviously. But hopefully we can all figure that out. The technology will get up to date. We'll be able to handle these situations much more clearly. Thank you. Next week, we're going to have a program designed to accommodate patients that go into hospitals, especially those with disabilities and how they're treated, what the policies are. We're going to be looking into that topic next week. Peter Alchil, Raymond, and our participants, Chris, Deanna, Beth, everybody else, thank you very much. Go safe with God's abundant blessings, and have a wonderful day.